Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CBCharacters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Hey everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred here, and on this week's issue of Comic Book Characters, we've got spectacular casting news for the new Spider-Man reboot, as well as casting for Daredevil Season 2 and Arrow Season 4. Is Blade returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And what does Wesley Snipes have to do with it? We've got stunning news on Black Panther. And finally, will Drax the Destroyer and CM Punk meet one-on-one in the ring? All that and more. Let's do it. Yo, how's it going, comic book fans? Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters. This is Ig. And before we get things going this week, I'm going to turn it over to Al in a second. But uh, I just got to gotta come clean. Uh, last week was not my best performance. Uh, I was just super tired. Slept only like a couple hours the night before. Just totally shit the bed at last week's episode. Um, don't really know what happened. Uh, just, I was just tired. I also had stayed up late working slash drinking, which I know is frowned upon generally, but you know, I'm a reporter. It kind of, kind of comes with the job, you know, it's part of the job description essentially. Anyway, uh, didn't really bring it last week. I, uh, like I said, I kind of shit the bed, so I apologize. Um, but this week I'm going to bring the funk and the noise. Um, you know, Al and I actually, we have a saying for when we shit, when, when, you know, someone shits the bed, we call it killing the sheik. And um, before I turn it over to him, just a quick story about Killing the Sheik. Uh, this saying actually came about when Al and I were hanging out with my brother, who goes by the name Rodeo. That's not his real name, but that's his street name. And we were playing the video game Hitman, which uh, I don't remember what version of Hitman this was. It might have been the first one. Really addictive, awesome game. Uh, and this, this night happened to be one of my favorite memories, just us three hanging out. Didn't really happen that many times probably count it on one hand how many times we actually did this but i wish we had done it more uh my brother has a knack for just failing at the worst times just and spectacularly and this was one of those instances we were playing a level in the game where the 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 point of it was you had to essentially kill the sheik i don't know what the hell he was a sheik of but the the mission was meet the sheik hand over a suitcase that the Sheik believes has, I think, maybe money or drugs in it, actually has explosives in it. You're supposed to then walk away, detonate it, kill the Sheik, and, you know, and just escape. Uh, My brother hands over the suitcase to the Sheik, and then, for some reason, just kind of, like, stands there for a little while, Um, doesn't really know what to do. While he's standing in the room, uh, the Sheik and pretty much all of his minions realize that there's a bomb in the suitcase and just start running around like just crazy like chickens with their heads chopped off my brother doesn't know what to do they obviously realize it's him because he's just like a weird guy standing around he hasn't left the room he then starts running away hits the button to detonate 
the suitcase, and this is my favorite part, it cuts to a scene of the suitcase exploding, except there's no one in the room. So it has actually had no effect on anyone. Um, Needless to say, this calls a shit ton of attention to my brother, who then just goes down in a blaze of glory. Um, From then on, and of course, Al and I are just fucking laughing our asses off the entire time. From then on, failing that spectacularly has been known as killing the Sheik. Last week, I feel like I kind of killed the Sheik. This week, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it hard, and it's going to be intense. I hope you guys are ready, and to help me do it, the co-hostess with the mostess, the Ayatollah of podcast recording, Ola, your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Al. How's it going, dude? Hey, hey, yeah, man, it's great to be back doing another fantastic issue of comic book characters. And that's right, don't forget the friendly part of that neighborhood podcaster, because I am a damn friendly person. Uh, dude, that <laughs> killing the Sheik with your brother is one of the top probably five yeah. funniest moments of my life. Like, <laughs> Definitely one of the top favorite, in my life. I mean, I wish my, we had done that more often. It was so good. God damn it. My favorite part. My favorite part is when, you know, the camera cut back to the suitcase in an empty room, (laughs) and then it explodes. Like, it's this big moment. Like, the camera pans back, and it explodes. There's, like, dramatic music, and there's nobody there. God, it was so good. And, oh, my God, like, the the look of sheer panic on on Rodeo's face. It was priceless. Like, that game could have been $200, would have been worth every penny just for that moment. Yeah, it was great, man. Um, and, like, it was, that's how much of an impact it had on us that we, we just started using that saying from then on. Like, we, yeah, we had it, to pause. The, like, we couldn't keep playing. Like, we were both, we were all laughing our asses off yeah. at just how badly he botched I, that thing. I don't know if your brother was laughing or crying <laughs> from sadness of failure, but. I just yeah, remember the being, the being frozen time. and not moving part. <laughs> And we were like, dude, are you aren't you supposed to leave the room? Like he didn't know what to do. Yeah. <coughs> oh man. Oh yeah. So good. Oh yeah. So yeah, dude. I mean you might have killed the Sheik last week, but let's be fair, nobody has killed the Sheik more or better <laughs> than the original OG rodeo. Yeah. So. I mean, like I said, I was I mean last week I was just kinda out of it. But you know, I did perk up for the Denny's challenge and um yeah. unfortunately we don't have any Denny's info to offer you guys this week. Uh Alex gave us that great bit of audio last week. Uh haven't heard from him. Not sure if uh, he's tried any of the other items. I don't know if he's it, in a food coma because he's I was gonna say it's, it could be he tried the other items right. and he's just in a coma, food coma. He might just be recovering. I don't know, but we haven't heard from him. So no, sorry. Sorry. I know it hurts to hear, but no Denny's news this week. Maybe we'll have something next week. Um, Oh, I'm, 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 we, I guarantee it because I, I will be going guarantee. Here it is. Guarantee hundred percent double stamp. I'm going to go to Denny's between now and next podcast. And I will most likely be ordering the fantastic four cheese omelet. That's great. That's great. Gonna try to figure how how that works. Are you uh, still gonna get the side of thing sauce? Well, I don't. You know, I don't think we need to try it. Um, because I mean, Alex already tried it. It's basically I feel like Alex gave a just Thousand Island dressing with like maybe a bit of sriracha in it, which actually doesn't yeah, sound yeah. that bad to be honest. Um, yeah. but Alex gave us that Spalding Gray esque description of the thing sauce from <laughs> last week, so I think we're fine. Um. All right, dude. Well, uh, let's get into the news uh, this yeah. week, and I thought we could uh, maybe. Uh, 
switch it up a little bit uh, this week by combining, and we usually talk quite a bit about casting news, uh, and this week, this last week, we had quite a bit of it, so I thought we could put it all together into a little segment called Casting Corner. Casting Corner! There it is. There's the theme song. I was going to have to record something post-production, but you just you just did it for me. Uh, the big the big one uh, this week, well, there's a couple. Uh, we'll start off with this one just because you're such a Spider-Man, Mark, and Spider-Man is a very big deal. Uh, we know At that Tom Holland... Now, At least for now, still the, the number one guy Yeah, that's Marvel. true. That's true. Enjoy Apparently it while Apparently that's going to change, yeah. Um, you're uh, in the end of that we, run. We know that Tom Holland, the 20-year-old British actor, is going to be playing Spider-Man... Uh, this week, we, my weebs. This week, or maybe it was late last week, we found out who Aunt May is going to be played by, and it's going to be none other, none other than Marissa Tomei. Pause attraction. You can't have skid truck ties without pause attraction. You have weird, weird differential without pause attraction. Oh, oh no, that's terrible. That is the that was... worst fucking thing I've ever heard. I'm so sorry, Marissa Tomei. I know she's probably uh, listening. Uh, apologize for that. Um, she's taking back in a robe with a wine gl- gl- uh, glass. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, dude, uh, Marissa Tomei, um, she's actually 50, which is pretty amazing. She looks incredible. Uh, this Fantastic. is gonna be a little weird for me when I watch the Spider-Man movie. This is gonna be the first time, uh, that I'm going to want to have sex with Aunt May. Is that gonna be weird for you, too? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Marissa Tomei is... A, a fantastic actor. Fantastic. I cannot speak Whoa, today. Fantastic. 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 Fantastic actor. Fantastic actor. Okay, she's awesome. Super, like, she's got this thing where, like, she's hot, but she's also kind of girl next door It's She's it's, definitely girl it's, next door, but I've always found her attractive. Not that that's her only like, solid No, trait. no, no. She's not a good at actress, all. I mean, she's but, a fantastic I mean, actress, but... Yeah, always but had yeah. a thing for her. Always been uh, attracted to the Marissa Tomei. Uh, so it's going to be going to be a little weird to see Aunt May. Well, you know, and the thing is, Marvel's supposed to be skewing a little younger with their core audience for the Spider-Man film. So, like, you know, like teenagers, right? And maybe tweens. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, maybe involved or confused young men in the audience. <laughs> well, you know, this this casting news actually got a bit a of uh, bad publicity because people were saying, like, hey, what's going on here? The last two Aunt Mays, uh, the one from the Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Rosemary Harris. Rosemary Harris. I don't remember what age she was, but she was... Looked like she was 90. <laughs> I don't think she, she was that old. She was, she was, she was probably, probably like in her 70s. Like 60s, 60s, probably 70s. 70s yeah. Because the, then the, the, the most recent Aunt May was played by Sally Field, who I believe was in her 60s. Anyway, she was younger than uh, Rosemary. Uh, now they're going even younger with Marissa Tomei, who's mm-hmm. now 50. Uh, mm-hmm. But one of the things I, you know, is confusing to me is like Spider-Man is supposed to be in high school. Like, I know in the comics Aunt May's pretty old, but like, why the fuck is his aunt so old? Why does he have an right, aunt that's like comic? 70 years old? I know. it's. I've actually wondered that for a long time, uh, reading Spider-Man comics. Because in the comic, right, he's 15, 16 years old. He's got this Aunt May who looks like the Crypt Keeper. She is, I mean, I guess in her 70s, but she looks like she's 90. Do you think it's possible she's actually just like, you know, the, one of those people that they just, like like a family friend, but, you know, you just call them aunt kind of well, a situation? No. <laughs> I, yeah, except well, in the comic, they've made it clear that there, she is uh, uh, Peter's mom's Yeah, sister, well, but, I mean, it's the comic book universe, dude. I mean, you know, that's true. things, that things can true. change in an instant. Things are not always what they seem. Not always right. what they seem. But, um, um, but yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, 
uh, if Peter Parker, if his, say his mom had him when she was like in her mid thirties. Yeah. And say like her sister, say like she was like the youngest of, you know, her siblings and her sister was maybe 15 years older than her or 20 years older than her. That means by the time that Peter Parker's in his teens, his mom's maybe 50. And then, you know, the sister would have to be, would maybe be in her 65, 70. But like, how often does that even fucking happen? Like, it seems like like... it's more common that the, the, the aunt is going to be somewhat in the, in the age range of your mom. Right. I put way too much thought into this. Yeah. (laughs) But to (laughs) me, it seems like Marissa Tomei is right in, Right, right. We're in the age. Right. If that Peter's we're supposed for. to be fifteen, Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. Uh, Tomei. <laughs> oh. Uh, is right in the ballpark at fifty. I mean, she's right where she's supposed to be, and you know, Aunt Tomei. That's fucking good, Aunt dude. Tomei. Yeah. So you uh, say Aunt, huh? I I always say Aunt. Aunt, Aunt, Aunt. Maybe I'm just got Aunt Man on the brain. You know, I'm like really psyched next week. Maybe maybe that's what we should go for. Just Aunt. Aunt May. She's not going to be in Ant Man, though, Aunt, right? Aunt Tomei. Oh, what if? What if she? What if that's how they they backdoor the Spider Man cameo? Like it's it's they just introduce Aunt May in Ant Man. Ant Man meet Aunt May. But what, what if May that's the post credit sequence? What if that's it? Oh, that's man. the groundbreaking. What if? What if what, okay. What if? <laughs> way too excited about this. What if uh, Paul Rudd as Ant Man shrinks down to Ant Man, and he's like. You know, he's having, like, his final monologue. Like, this city needs a hero yeah. of any size or something like that. It's right? not the and he's size walking. that matters. It's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the heart of the whatever. But, like, and he's, like, it shows him, like, walking. And then he, like, kind of, like, crawls into what you can't tell what it is. But then the camera pans out. And it's someone's, like, foot and their shoe. Mm, and it's, like, and an old lady go, shoe. Like, and, like, an old lady shoe. And then they you see a hand come down and kind of smack at him. Yeah, she's like, "Oh heavens!" And it's Aunt May, it's Marissa Tomei. That and she's like, be... "Ow!" And she like smacks down on her leg. I I and, wish and that was May. what actually happened, and then I can then just look at all the nerds in the audience just to see them being like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, that would be the most disappointing post credit sequence. Oh man, <laughs> but uh... that would be great though. Like instead of like revealing, you know, Black Panther, they're just revealing like secondary characters. <laughs> that aren't yeah. even superheroes just like yeah just ooh, like, the big aunt may reveal stick around yep. for that stick around after the break um but yeah okay so going back to marissa uh uh whoa wait, how do we do this marissa, again? marissa aunt may aunt, aunt marissa may aunt tome aunt aunt tome right aunt tome uh Fantastic get for Marvel. I uh, be, beyond the age thing, which I again I agree. With I think you, it's appropriate. Completely appropriate. Yeah. She's a fantastic actor, actress. Yeah, she really wanna, is. However you want to go about that. Um, I think uh, she's going to bring a lot to the role. Um, she's now, got a lot of range. She, I mean, she was in. If you know, if you guys haven't seen her in the Wrestler, I really recommend it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a movie just for wrestling fans. It's actually really good, and she's awesome in it. Um, She's fantastic. She, she she might be the best thing in that movie. I yeah, mean, I, I don't know. Mickey Rourke's really good in it too, but she's really good in it. She's really good in it. She steals the show. Uh, she's fantastic in My Cousin Vinny, which uh, she won an Oscar she won for. Oscar for uh, beating out four uh, British actresses who were all like, "What the fuck?" I mean, I love Marissa Tomei, but that like, was who, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> who the who the fuck is this Yankee? Oh my god, the worst British uh, accent. Mm. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
my my weebs. <laughs> Every time, so good. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, is she, she? We haven't actually confirmed that she's from New York, but I think she is from New York. Uh, I, I believe Mrs. Tomei is from New York. If if she's not, she does a pretty good New Yorker. She does great in uh, My Cousin Vinny in that role. It's a bit of a caricature, but you know. I think she'll be able to give Tom Holland uh, some good insight into because you know Peter's yeah. supposed to be from Queens. Yeah, it's a good. Um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna. I mean, he's always probably gonna have a coach, but it, I think it would be helpful to have someone who's. I, I believe she's from New York and may, may be able to help him with some things. Obviously, you know, Spider Man's not like your most typical guy from the Bronx. You know, he's not like, hey, right. I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah. You know that actually reminds me. If you remember when uh, when I visited you in New York when you used to live there. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This story is awesome. Great story, right? So, um, you know, we're we're walking New York, and for people that have never been to New York, it really is everything that it is on television. Uh, like, there's just a lot of stuff going on all the time. If you're walking down the street, there's there's a bunch of people from different countries speaking different languages. Uh, there's, you know, cause there's like, you know, there's the, uh, you know, like the Italian district, there's the Chinese district, Chinatown district. Little Italy. Whatever. Yeah. China little Italy. Yeah. Right. Little Italy. Which is um, like really, really little now. <laughs> yeah. Here. It's getting, it's, I heard it's getting smaller and smaller yeah, by the, by the year. But, uh, so, but there's a lot of stuff going on. And I remember we were walking down the street and I'm just like, man, it'd be really great if we heard some very classically stereotypical New York things while we're walking down the street. Like, you know, like, pizza, got your pizza here. Get a slice of pizza. Get Papa Gino's pizza. <laughs> Papa you know, Gino's? like that. Papa Gino's. Is that a New York thing? Nah, I don't know. Um, that's an actual, I mean, I, I, do you know that? That's an actual, like, chain up here. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just made that up in my head. I think I it no might idea. be from Massachusetts, actually. But yeah, they're oh, like, okay. there's Papa Gino's up here. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, um... But anyway, so we're walking down the street, and I and I say, man, it'd be really great if we could hear some stereotypical New York things. And we get to this huge intersection in New York, and uh, I believe it was street? yeah, I believe it was Houston Street, which is spelled just like Houston, but they pronounce it Houston over there. Right. So it's this huge intersection where all these main streets kind of converge, and there's this big kind of open area where there's a lot of crosswalks and stuff, and um, you know, I, I say that, and not like forty seconds later. We hear tires just high pitched <laughs> screeching like like just like completely slamming on the brakes. Yeah, I think we hear a, a car horn. A honk. Yeah. A, a car horn. A car horn. You hear like a like a like <laughs> like like something hitting something else. And then you hear a guy go, I watch it, I'm walking here. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Shit, we man. both couldn't fucking believe it. Like it was oh. right after you said that, and I remember you yeah. saying that. And I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't really happen here, dude." Yeah, you said that. You go, "Yeah, that doesn't really happen." That only happens in the movies, dude. And then it literally happened like thirty seconds later. It was amazing. That was and, a great movie. Uh, just one of the one of the uh, you know go to New York, everyone. If you get a chance, it's an experience. By the way, did confirm Marissa Tomei from Brooklyn, New York. There we go. There it is. So. You know, uh, I mean, you're getting a native New Yorker. Yeah, I, I like that. That's cool. It's good. The Parkers are from from Queens, I believe, in the comic. I don't know if they'll change that in the movie, but they're definitely in New York. I mean, that's great. That gives it even more authenticity. So fantastic. Um, 
Slamtastic? No. Okay. Uh, Let's hit up. Okay. Four cheese omelet. Um, yeah, move, moving on to what is, is I think, definitely, arguably, maybe even, maybe, maybe not as well-known name, but maybe overall to the Marvel Universe, bigger news, would you say? Yeah, I mean, um, if it's who I think you're going to say, it's, uh, it's a bigger character, because this is someone who's actually in the superhero realm. Um, mm-hmm. Not just somebody who uh, not watches... just Yeah, not just someone who's got, doesn't really have any superpowers, is, except for, like, yeah. super kindness. Super love, super love. I, I guess that's Aunt May's super listening abilities, super tenderness. Super, you know what? Tender. You know what? She's probably really good at tucking, tucking Peter into bed. Ah oh, man, super tucking so, powers. Super tuckins. Super tuck. tuckins. Um, but no, yeah. The other casting news. You want to? You want to reveal it? This is an actual superhero and pretty big news. Yeah, it's uh, it's well, the character is Elektra. So right there, that's awesome. It's gonna be in Daredevil season two, Daredevil vs. Punisher. That is amazing, right on its uh, on its own. Uh, but the actress that they got is uh, Elodie Young. Yeah, and uh, really fun so, name to say, Elodie. Young. Elodie, Elodie Young. Yeah, um, very melodic name. Um, but the great thing is, like you and I have talked about on previous uh, issues or episodes of Complex Characters, that Marvel seems to have an issue with whitewashing some of their characters. Uh, they, you know, you've said before they've done a great job of casting, you know, African or African American. Well, characters. better, yeah, better than than previously. Well, not great, but yeah, yeah better than than others. And but they they seem to lack when it comes to Asians or Latinos or Hispanics uh, in terms of their casting choices. So. This is a fantastic trend in that direction. They're clearly listening to the show. Yeah, I mean, I we've all but confirmed that Kevin Feige is like got people listening to the CBC, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's no question. Clearly, clearly, that has to be the case. Um, and he would, you know, who would who would blame him for listening to the number one rated uh, podcast in all of the land, as rated by us, as rated by us, the number one, but podcast with two hispanic hosts in the world a comic book podcast i mean comic book podcast pat podcast yeah i don't think anyone can lay claim to that but right yeah we've been been talking about this uh topic for a while now uh marvel goes out and casts someone who is i guess half asian she's actually french we're talking about elodie young here, uh, who's going to be playing Electra? Um, but one of her parents is Cambodian, so a half step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a half step's better than no step. Um, but I mean, personally, I'm, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad that, that they're moving in that direction. Uh, I'm sure that hopefully they just picked the best person for the job, and they felt that she was going to be able to do it. Uh, I hope she does a great job with it. But I'm more excited, honestly from a fan perspective, uh, just the idea that Elektra is going to be mixing it up with Punisher and Daredevil on Netflix's Daredevil season two, because yeah. that opens a wealth of storytelling, uh, storytelling opportunities. Uh, some of the best Daredevil stories involve Elektra and or Punisher, and it's going to be fantastic. It looks like they're just going to blow the doors off of this next season. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, like Marvel had this issue with um, doing a little too much, a little too quickly in, in previous comic book movies. I think you could definitely make the case with Spider-Man 3 and X-Men 3, it just kind of got out of hand. Um, but lately, they've done much better. Obviously, the Avengers has been really successful. Guardians of the Galaxy was great. Um, 
But, you know, part of me does kind of wonder, like, okay, is this a little too much, a little too fast to introduce two big characters into season two? Um, but but you know what? I think they can do it. I think a, a, a series is definitely a different animal than trying to do a movie. You got a, little, you got a lot more time, you know. And, and what I liked about Daredevil is that they were really cool. You know, they did a really good job in the first season of, okay, we'll do one episode where we're going to talk about, like, you know, we'll do Stick or something, you know. And, like, right. it'll be, like, almost like a... An episode where it's just like that, basically just like that one story arc. Um, and you can, and they were smart about doing that and kind of like giving every character their moment, their episode. There was like a Kingpin episode. Um, there was never a, a, is it Rebecca? I always forget her name. Um, Vanessa? Vanessa, I'm sorry. There wasn't a Vanessa episode, unfortunately, but, um, you know, we, we got a lot of that stuff. And so now you have like two really big characters coming in. They could do that. You know, you can have a whole episode that's just about Elektra and, you know, Matt Murdock doesn't even have to show up. It's still going to be yeah. interesting. And um, so it could definitely work. And I'm, it's, I'm definitely interested. I mean, this is this is big news for for a, a series that was really good. The first the first uh, the first season. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they looking forward to seeing what they can do in, in the next season with this. Right. On any level, are you concerned that because season one set the bar so high and season two rightfully is being very ambitious about what they're trying to do? Are you are there any concerns on your end that that we might be getting too excited? Like it might. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? Yeah. And that's basically what I'm getting at is like. I still haven't quite gotten over Spider-Man 3 and X-Men 3. Like, that was, like, a really bad time for comic book movies. Like, I, it actually made me stop watching comic book movies. I, I, those two movies kind of yeah. killed it for me. And yeah. both of them looked, if you watch the trailer, they looked cool. And it was like, oh, this is going to be Man, great. the Spider-Man 3 trailer made that film look like it was going to be the greatest it did. thing ever. It, it did. looked so awesome. And then, you know, the movies were just a mess. Um, there's always going to be that risk when you introduce new characters um, into into a storyline. But like I said, a series, you know, a 13-episode season is a much different thing than a movie. In, in a movie, it's much harder if you're going to introduce a bunch of characters to, to properly do all of their backstories and, and give them some depth. You can do that much better in a series. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with Elektra. Uh, you mentioned this in a previous episode. Um, I, I don't know if you actually caught it yourself or if you read about it, but in season one, uh, there's an episode where Matt and Foggy are having a conversation. This is like when they're in college. Right. The Avocados at Law conversation. And uh, Foggy says some kind of comment about, oh, you're not dating that Greek girl anymore or something like that. Um, and a lot of people, I guess, figured that that might have been Electra. If that happens to be the case, that means that when she is introduced in season two, that they might, her and Matt might already have a backstory, um, which could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Which I mean, which means they can do flashbacks if they want, kind of like a la the stick, kind of dynamic. Um, I, it's super great. I mean, I I do have a little bit of reservations in the sense that season one was so good and so well balanced and, and just kind of built to a frenzy. And you know, you just wanted to watch. You know, the more you watch it, the more you wanted to watch the next episode. Well, you know, the stick episode, I, I, I really liked it. I mean, I, after reading about it online, I found that it was actually some, some people actually weren't, weren't big fans of it. Um, but I thought it was great. And I think it's, it's a good kind of blueprint to show that they can introduce a completely new character and just kind of have his whole storyline in one episode and, and it can still be effective. At least to me it was. Um, and you know, the fact that they, they have that blueprint, 
um, they can try and do something like that when they introduce Punisher and Elektra um, and, you know, give them the appropriate amount of time of screen time. Because, you know, Matt, yeah. you know, Matt, Foggy, the characters who are coming back from season one are well-established characters. You know, we don't we don't need as much time with them. We already know uh, who they are. But these new people, we need a little bit time, a little bit of time to to learn more about them and their motivations. And I think they'll get that time. I mean, they'll have the time. Yeah. Well, not only that, and the, the show itself is an hour-long format, so I mean, even just within one episode, you can do a lot of a lot of stuff uh, narrative-wise. It'll be great um, to get more, you know, a a female uh, superhero in there too. Um, we can always yeah. use more of those, and especially with, I mean, this show does fight scenes better than any any show, any movie, probably. I mean, the fight scenes in yeah. Daredevil are, are awesome. It's going to be cool are. to see a woman in there kicking some ass. Um, I think that's going to be fun to watch. Um, it's going to add a new dynamic. Yeah, I, I'm psyched. I mean, I, I, I didn't bring up my comment to say, like, oh, you know, temper your expectation, because I, I honestly think that they are going to knock it out of the park. Um, and it's good that they're being ambitious like this, and, and it's it's cool that they're not... Now we're not only getting Punisher, but also Elektra. It's it's awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, I wanted to move on to another a bit of casting news. In a show that actually came before Daredevil, but what I actually hear a lot of people calling kind of Daredevil Jr. Daredevil Jace. It's a little Daredevil Jace, which is Arrow. Now, Arrow's been on the CW network, and it's, um, you know, one of their highest rated shows, and and if not the highest rated show that they've got. uh, it's, it's, It's just finished up its third season. Uh, going into its fourth season and um, you know that show because it's on network television has to deal with standards and practices unlike Daredevil which is a Netflix independent show so they can't get away with quite as much but it's still a really engaging show it's very interesting the action is really really well done Um, it's a little campy sometimes a little you know a little cartoony but it's still a really good show, and the one thing it has over Daredevil is that because it's been on for several seasons, they've had a lot of episodes to do a lot of character arc and you know um, a lot of character development within those uh, episodes. But the big news is the the big bad, the big antagonist for the next season of Arrow is going to be a character named Damian Dark uh, from DC Comics, and Damian Dark is going to be played by none other than Neil McDonough. Hmm. That's so, that's kind of weird casting choice. Um, yeah. What do you what are your Well, I mean, okay, so this is the guy who was uh, the anchor of a weekend update on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he was in a movie yeah. called Dirty Work, I believe. Um, uh, ah, yeah, you know right, what? Yeah. It's going to be weird to see Norm Macdonald uh, in this kind of role. I mean, he's just like he's a comedian. I mean, I've loved his work, um, but you know, to be a, a big bad guy, it's going to be kind of a stretch, man. I don't uh, know. Yeah, that mm, that's Norm Macdonald. Yeah, is that that's that's what you said, right? No, no, Neil McDonough. Oh my God. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. Okay, Neil McDonough. Uh, for comic nerds, uh, probably is be- best well known for playing the character of uh, uh, Dum 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 Dugan. <laughs> what a name! Yeah, that's the character's name, yeah. Dum Dum Dugan, and he was on. Uh, he was in Captain America: First Avenger. Right. So the first Captain America movie, uh, he played Dum Dum Dugan. I've always had trouble saying that name. I don't know why, but so, Dum Dum Dugan. So and he this, was the guy with the mustache, kind of looked a little bit like uh, like a young Val Kilmer. 
So this means that now officially McDonough has made it onto the Evans list. Yes, as probably the most the most obscure, obscure <laughs> person to be on the Evans list. But not only that, he's also made it to the the rare VIP room of jumping sides. So he's done Marvel, now doing a DC thing. Dude, yeah, that we have to make a whole other list for that. How often does that happen? Oh, I, I don't know. That'll be something for a future podcast. I wonder what but, we can call it. What's the most famous example of that? I can't even think of one. Of like somebody doing both Marvel dip, like, double like, dipping, like the yeah. The Let's double call it the dippers. double dip. The double dip. Yeah, the double dip. Well, okay, that might be something to work on for the next. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's pretty cool that they're gonna. He's gonna get a very prominent role on the show. He's going to be the main villain or antagonist. Um, I think it's cool. I think it. I think he he was good in the small parts. He's mostly known for being on uh, Justified on FX and Suits on USA. So you know he's, yeah. he's apparently on a lot of those like hour long dramas that are on networks that no one watches. Yeah, he's uh, one of those guys. Like you might not recognize the name, but if you saw him, you would you would recognize him. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. A guy whose whose face and name mean a lot to people even nowadays. Yeah. And is also maybe credited as the pioneer of the of the modern comic book movie in some ways. What? Who are you talking about? Yeah. McDonough? No. Oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about Mr. Wesley Snipes. Oh, Wesley Snipes. Um, I've never heard anyone say that about Blade. Is that who's who's well, that, said that before? Well, that's the thing. I mean, think about it. Blade came out in what, like ninety five? Okay, and that was like the first successful superhero Marvel film. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I was about to say Superman was huge. Yeah, and Batman was huge. Batman too, was those huge. Were both DC properties. So Marvel didn't have a big comic book movie at that point that's interesting no they they had made fantastic four the roger corman fantastic four which was terrible Talk, oh, awesome. uh they made the captain america film which was terrible um, oh my is this the one with the, uh with the rocket going into the yep, white house yep, oh my god yep. it's one of my favorite scenes of all time love that scene i mean that movie's terrible it's fun to watch it's terrible movie, okay though. can i just um, describe that scene real quick because it's like yeah, it's ahead. fucking amazing if you guys have a chance to go watch this movie it's great this is the actor who i believe then played flash on the television series if i'm not mistaken the, same guy? the guy who played captain america i think so he's on the evans list um so he's a big deal uh, uh at one point a kid uh who wants to be president goes out to like the lawn to like just look at the white house oh, that's right. and uh and he he's like i think he has binoculars on and he sees this fucking thing shooting in the sky uh and like puts the binoculars on it um or no a camera i think it's a camera and he takes he like zooms in a fucking shooting rocket okay and realizes that captain america is tied to a missile which is headed towards the white house um the kid takes the photo. I believe in the photo captain america is like looking at the camera and saluting and smiling yeah, yeah. I don't know why or how he even realized this as like, you know, he's about to die. I don't know why he's like fucking mugging for the for the for the camera. He then like kicks I think he like kicks the 
you know, like he, like one of those kicks, like if you're on a horse, you know, like yeah, he, I don't know what you call that. Um, like he bucks it. He bucks the the missile, which then makes it somehow like shoot up like ninety degrees, like go up, <laughs> so that like it, it avoids the White House. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where he ends up or what. I mean, he obviously doesn't die, and the White House doesn't explode. Uh, that's already nuts. But what makes it even crazier is that the kid with the camera turns out to then be the fucking president of the United States later in the movie and starts, like, kicking ass. Like, he's actually, like, in fight scenes with Captain America. It is the most fucking ridiculous movie I've ever seen. I forgot about that. The kid becomes the president? I believe the kid becomes the president because he then presents the photo to Captain America. Like, I was there that day when you did that. You know, you you and I have talked about... uh possibly doing like a live cast or doing like a like watching a move like a like a superhero movie and doing like a commentary cast that might be the one i feel like this might be the movie that we need to do uh yes please it's it is a goddamn train wreck um but that's funny dude so blade i guess came out before the 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 first spider-man then yeah well first spider-man came out like in 2002 blade came out like in 90 six 95 right 97 maybe maybe 97 so and also uh triple h is in that <laughs> he's what in, he's in he's in one of the blade movies no he's in the third one. He's oh in the third yeah one. i didn't know that i didn't know. i've seen that yeah he's in the third one so um but yeah so apparently wesley snipes uh has had a meeting with marvel marvel studios to possibly reprise his role as blade what do you think about that so they've made what three Blade movies now? Three Blade movies. I oh, don't know. I don't think I need any more Blades. But you know what, dude? So, I feel like they missed out on the whole vampire, like the hotness. Oh, of, I know with you know. Twilight and stuff. Here's the other thing, <laughs> dude. Ryan Reynolds was in Blade Trinity. That's right. So not only did he play Wesker's son, I think, or yeah, in Blade Trinity, he's Green Lantern in Green Lantern. He's going to be Deadpool and Deadpool. He's on the Evans list multiple times. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys who's like on the top of it. He's, I mean, we might even just, need to consider renaming it the Reynolds list. If he keeps going, yeah. I mean, it's it's like these guys are in a, a little tete-a-tete action there uh, so going head-to-head. I, I, I wanted to just check to make sure I wasn't like losing my mind. I, I, I clicked on the Wikipedia page. Here's the plot description. While the missile is over Washington, D.C., a young boy named Thomas Kimball takes a photograph as Captain America forces the missile to change course and lands somewhere in Alaska, where he remains frozen for 50 years until 1993. Kimball becomes a Vietnam War hero and is elected the president of the United States of America. There you go. God damn it. Oh, man. Uh, So you have that in your head with that amazing recall instead of like so many other (laughs) much more important things (laughs) you could ever So fucking true. Uncanny. Um, Yeah, I think think if they end up, if Marvel does end up somehow, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like Wesley Snipes, I don't know if he can play Blade anymore. You know, like, I think he just might be, I'm not trying I mean, to be ageist I don't or think anything, he's, but I think he, he's not that much of a, of a box office draw anymore, is he? Well, not, not only that, I mean, I don't, okay, so I wouldn't think that they're going to make a Blade movie. They might make, like, a Ghost Rider movie. Right. And then have Blade in it, right? They might make a, a like, a Man-Thing movie, which is basically Marvel's version of Swamp Thing, um, 
and and then you know put Blade in it. I think Blade would be like another character in a movie. I don't think he would be the his own character in his own solo film. We've already done that. And like you said, at this stage in Wesley Snipes' career, he's not the box office straw that he used to be. But I just think physically, I don't see how he could play the role of Blade at this point. Well, I mean, you can you can work around it, dude. I mean, it's like the fight scenes. You can, I mean, Blade has enough shit on him that where you can easily get a stunt double to pull that shit off. Um, That's true. That's so true. it's not that crazy. Um, but I don't. I mean, honestly, I'm not all that interested in watching another Blade. Movie. You just don't care about Blade. You I, don't want. I don't really care. No. <laughs> would you say this Blade is dull? Oh, well, that's good. Yes, I would. Dull. Extremely dull. But, um, by the way, I'm fact checking myself here. Um, guy who played Captain America did not play the Flash. I have that wrong. He just looks okay. like him. The, the guy that played the Flash was, I believe, I was about to say Wesley Snipes again. Like John Wesley Snipes, but that's not that is not his name. It's I can't think of his well, name. Well, that, yeah. that guy is in the Flash TV show, the new yeah. Flash show. No, I'm talking about He's, the Flash from like the '90s, dude. I know the Flash from the '90s is the dad. Oh yeah. In the new Flash TV show. Dude, he, okay, you were totally right on. John Wesley Ship. There you go. He's, he does kind of sound like Wesley Snipes. Okay, that guy did not play Captain America, so retract that statement. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, okay. Are we gonna? Are we leaving the yeah, casting corner? Or yep. Can we cast, walk away oh, from the casting bu- corner? Or? Everybody want to wave? Take a moment. Later. Just look to your left. Bye, casting corner. Let's try Let's and meet here next, next week, maybe, guys, if, if you don't mind. Uh, visual memory. Remember what this <laughs> looks like. Try to meet here next week. All right, dude. Uh, moving on. Um, moving, moving, moving behind, maybe in a way. Why is that? Go ahead. Well, because moving behind the camera, right? Mm, mm. Behind the camera. Interesting. Behind. Uh, right, because this is another bit of news. Not really casting news, but kind of. Um, Ava or DuVernay, who yeah. we reported on this show. We were. I mean, we're not breaking news here. We're just reporting what's already been reported. Uh, but she like ESPN. Yeah, right. We should we should just start our, off our news with our, breaking. Our sources say, sources uh, say to ESPN, right. which is like usually Yahoo Sports. Ava, right, exactly, exactly. But uh, Ava DuVernay, who was going to uh, direct the movie Black Panther, uh, apparently has pulled out and will not be directing it. Um, she directed uh, Selma, um, the movie about Martin Luther King. Um, it was an interesting bit of news when she was. Um, chosen to be the director because she was the first African-American um, chosen to direct a comic book movie. Um, uh, it was kind of interesting that it happened to be about the only black character so <laughs> far to character. get a movie. Um, right. But she backed out uh, basically saying that she just didn't see eye to eye with the studio. Um, apparently right. she had an idea of what she wanted to do with this character and they weren't on board with it. Uh, it did kind of make me wonder if maybe she wanted to make it a little bit more political. Obviously, this is I'm just totally making this up. I don't know this mm-hmm. to be true, but you know, coming from making a movie like Selma, um, I, you know, part of me wonders if maybe she wanted it to be a little bit more of a statement movie, and maybe the studios didn't want that to happen. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out what ended up happening. Um, maybe maybe she wanted it to be a little more serious in tone, or a little more, like you said, political, or or maybe social. In, right, in sort of its tone. It's kind of funny um, that they're going to make. I mean, from what I've he- from what I've heard, Black Panther uh, in the in the Civil War movies is going to be kind of like the uh, the kind of neutral guy in a way, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. between um, Tony and Captain America, which is right. funny because he's called Black Panther. You'd think he'd be like a little bit more revolutionary <laughs> yeah, in a way. Right. 
You think? I, I mean, I don't know. The naming there seems kind of weird for a guy who's just going to be like, you know, playing both sides. But um, I think I think maybe that they're drawing a little bit more from the modern version of what Black Panther is in the comic because he's a bit of a, yeah, right. an outsider. That's and true. He is sort of neutral that way. That, that's true. I mean, it, it's definitely like sticking to the comics. It's just funny, like to. Because um, you know, you would think the... with that name and like mm-hmm. the first, you know, real black um, superhero to get like a legit movie, um, maybe maybe she wanted to do a little bit a little bit more with it, and they just maybe something a little more edgy, a little a more edgy. Too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a little disappointing. I mean, obviously, we'll, we will we will never get to see what her version of this film was going to be, but. I think it's a little disappointing because initially, once that news broke, I think it was met mostly with a positive response. Like people were on board; they thought it was a, a really good get for Marvel, like a legit director with some cachet off of her last film. Uh, it brought gender diversity to their behind-the-scenes core, and uh, and you know, gender and ethnic diversity. Right. You know? So I, I thought a lot of people were on board with it. Um, of course, this is yet again another example. You know, uh, we we seem to trumpet Marvel a lot. It's not that we're so so much such big uh, Marvel fanboys. It's just Marvel does a lot of things right, and and the movies that they make, especially their movies, are very entertaining. Um, but but here's another example where you have a director saying, mm, "No, that's not what I want to do. I want to do this." And then Marvel going, you know, well, then we can't work with you, a la Edgar Wright. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, with Edgar Wright, they think they got a little bit further, farther. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, she, farther along yeah, the process. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. It, it happens so quickly that you, you, you almost got to think, like, they were, they must have been, like, worlds apart, you know? Because if you're, like, close, you can maybe think, okay, I can... Compromise. Yeah, we can meet somewhere there. in the middle, um, but Which no. happens on films all the time. Right. Uh, right. So, I mean, that, that, um, I mean, definitely when Edgar Wright was taken off of Ant-Man, I think a lot of people started thinking, okay, this movie's not going to be great. Um, you know, it seems to be getting good reviews. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Black Panther's dead in the water here or that, you know, we're going to be getting kind of a watered down, uh, character, but, um, I mean, it certainly is never could be received as good news when you see, (laughs) wait, what's that? I said a blue panther, if you will. Because <laughs> you said it was watered down. <laughs> That's good. Um, um, anyway, uh, sad to see that happen. Uh, hopefully they can find someone good to, to to do that. It would also be cool to see them actually cast a, a, a minority for a non-black <laughs> superhero, you know, uh, just to get more minority voices involved here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, sad to see I, Ava DuVernay go, but... Yep. We'll see what we'll happens with that character. Happens I'm excited to, to see Black Panther in, in Civil War. I mean, it's just a yeah, new Yeah, I was going to say, I think if Black Panther makes a good showing in Civil War, which I'm sure he will as a character, I just I suspect that he will, that you know, that's yeah. going to that's gonna be a great starting point for the, for the momentum for the Black Panther movie. That's also got to be a tricky thing, too, as a director. You're coming into a movie where you're going to be, you know, the main character in it is going to be in a movie that hasn't been released yet which is definitely very much going to dictate the kind of character he's going to be. Right. And, but you haven't seen that movie, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they let you oh, look at the script, weird. but like, yeah, that's kind of that is, different. That's than a good point, man. Usually... That's, that would be really difficult. That would be a really difficult challenge or job to take on for a director. I yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, other, other really quick news. And we didn't put this on the board, but, uh, I actually just came across this. Um, uh, Kenneth Brenna, who directed the first Thor and was in talks with Marvel to do Thor Ragnarok. 
Right. Which is the third Thor film. Third, well, Jesus Whoa, Christ, say Thor that film. three times. Third Thor film. Um, <laughs> third Thor. <laughs> third, Thor. <laughs> third Thor. Third Thor film. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Apparently those talks have broken off and he's no longer going to be in the running. I mean, it's it's dead in the water. Uh, he's not going to be doing Kenneth Branagh. That is, is not going to be doing the. Uh, the Do you know if it's like a similar thing where he just didn't see eye to eye with the studios? I think from what I what I saw again, just saw this a little earlier today. Um, was that it had something to do with. Um, vision of the film like as opposed like you know in terms of what what he wanted to do and what mm-hmm. marvel wants to do but also something about the time constraints uh yeah. when they wanted to shoot and and when they were available versus when he was available so that's well, probably not a uh, great sign that we, like a couple of directors are dropping out here um i wonder now, if marvel you know if that's kind of a a, a consequence of you know marvel building up these storylines that all you know intertwine is that it doesn't really give the director a lot of creative freedom. Like maybe it's a little too restrictive now. Cause like you have all these backstories, you have to like, you know, bring in the stuff that's happened in the past. You got to set them up for the next movies. I mean, I guess you could probably make the case that that's what it's like for any franchise or series, but um, it does make me wonder if, if it's just a little too restrictive and directors don't have a whole lot of creative freedom anymore with some of these characters. And I think I think that's a good point. Like Marvel Studios needs to keep in mind that at the end of the day, it's it's a business, right? And they're of course trying to make money, but films themselves as a concept are an artistic art form. And if you get too restrictive with it, and you are placing all of these barriers around everything, you know, directors and writers and actors, they're they're artists. They're people that like you know what I mean. They're creative people. Right, right, and and the more you try to pin them in, the more they're going to resist it and be like, okay, well, I don't want to do this then. Well, the more rules so, you place down, the, the less you, you know, the more you take away from from their voice and their vision. It just becomes right. yours, and they're just kind of right. like a, a vessel, if you will. Um, right. So hopefully that's not what's happening here, but it's, yeah, it's certainly we'll not help, a good. We'll have to sign. keep our eye on it, though. Yeah, uh, moving forward. All right. Well, last thing uh, for this week, we're cutting it a little short um, due to just some time constraints that we have but we'll get into a little bit more at the end as to what we've got planned for next week i'll just say this is going to be huge like a like a juggernaut fist to the face of juggernaut bitch yeah i'm the juggernaut bitch remember that was in x-men 3 that was in x-men 3 yeah and um uh, i would have enjoyed that in another different movie but i did not enjoy that in that movie yeah um but this is kind of cool. It's a really offbeat little bit of news that we've got here at the end. But they're coming out with an... So first they had Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And then that movie blew up. So they were like, Marvel's like, okay, we gotta make we gotta make Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. <laughs> Guys, make all the toys. Make all the blankets. Make all the t-shirts. We gotta make more comics. Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Guardians of the Galaxy team-up comics. What can else go... Rocket Raccoon comic. Let's do it. Groot comic. He only says, I am Groot. Let's fucking make a comic for him. He has his own comic now. I actually bought issue one. Haven't read it yet. Groot has his own comic? He has his own comic. I didn't know that. I bought issue one uh, just the other day. Haven't read it yet, but I did kind of thumb through it. And all he says is, I am Groot. Oh, my like, God. Like, he literally just says, I am Groot. So I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is going to be an insane comic book to read if, like, you have to draw context from all the other characters. Right. Um, but, uh... So they're doing a Groot comic 
They did a Rocket comic. They did a Star-Lord comic. And now we have Drax the Destroyer comic book number one coming the out as part of the all-new, all-different Marvel. Uh, well, still Gamora comic probably. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Maybe be coming out someday. <laughs> but here's the cool thing about this. And I know you've seen the cover, and we'll, we'll drop it in the thread as well. Uh, but this is actually going to be written by CM Punk. Right. The... Most famously known for uh, as being a wrestler, former wrestler of the WWE. Yep. Before that, uh, a, a, an indie wrestler, um, but became really, wrestler. really famous in WWE, became world champion, uh, was known for his promos. Uh, was really good on bomb. the microphone. Uh, he had the pipe bomb promo that a lot of people talk about where he kind of broke the fourth wall. Uh, certainly wasn't the first guy to ever do that, but he did it in a pretty spectacular way, and a lot of people yeah. remember him, and and, and he's beloved uh, by a lot of fans, especially in Chicago where he's from. Um, mm-hmm. But a huge name. He left the WWE. Um, had... He's actually going into uh, MMA now. He's going to be right. fighting UFC. With, uh, the UFC. Um I mean, there's a whole backstory. If you're interested in CM Punk, you can look it up. But, um, you know, him leaving WWE, not on the best terms, and going to UFC. But uh, this is interesting because the cover of this new Drax, it's just the cover, right? So this is all we can really go off of at mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. is Drax in a MMA-style cage. He's got the taped-up hands with, with X's on them, which is what CM Punk did. Um, mm-hmm. He's also got the, the trunks that say, I think... Uh, uh, B-I-T-W, Best in the World, which was CM Punk's whole thing. Um, and uh, in the back, it doesn't say UFC. It says IFC, which is supposed to stand for Intergalactic Fight Club. Um, and uh, actually, if you look close enough, uh, Colt Cabana, who's a, um, a wrestler a himself and has a podcast where his podcast was actually one of the top-rated podcasts of all time when he interviewed CM Punk after he left WWE. Uh, Cole Cabana is actually uh, drawn on the cover. Um, he's in the front row. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, um, so I don't know if this is just like an image that they put out there to kind of like promote the fact that CM Punk is going to be right in Drax the Destroyer or if we're going to get a storyline of Drax as like a prize fighter, which honestly sounds awesome to me. <laughs> that does sound awesome. Yeah, like that's totally something I would read. Um, and it would be perfect for CM Punk because I mean he's got obviously the experience of doing uh, of doing wrestling and I mean UFC not so much yet but I'm sure he knows quite a bit about it um, so he can like you know take from from his own uh, his own history and and write some some cool storylines and again I'm kind of you know I'm a wrestling fan so it would be cool to read um, you know storylines where he's like you know feuding with someone and like may- maybe it's like there'll be like references to actual like real wrestlers and like, it'll be like, he can, like, he can take like yeah. veiled pot shots and old rest, you know, at wrestlers that he yeah. fought against or like, there could be like a Ryback character who's like really like not, you know, I don't know. I mean, whatever. Uh, but I don't know, dude. I mean, I, 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 I hope that's the concept. I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if that's what it was, but if it's, that would be, if it's well, tracks as know, a prize fighter, that would be super cool. You know, you say that that's really out there and you'd be surprised, but at the same time, I mean, what did we talk about last week? Spider-Woman, pregnant superhero. So <laughs> right. Marvel really is kind of going in every direction possible at this point. And maybe that is what they're going to do. And yeah, I think that sounds like a fantastically engaging uh, idea for the character. Um, you know, the the other thing is that... Uh, uh, was like oh, I totally forgot my last train of thought, but uh, so you know you're right. So the cover, you know, looks very MMA uh, UFC style. Um, it's exciting. 
uh, you know, Drax is a more literal character, so I'm kind of curious as to how CM Punk is going to write him. Yeah. In in the comic, uh, but uh, you know, Drax is known for kicking ass and taking names, and that's kind of what CM Punk's gig is too. So well, CM Punk, I mean, I I don't I think you wrote an epi- like a an issue of Thor. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he I, did. I never read he it. Um, I read. I haven't read it. Kind either. of mixed reviews of it. I don't know. I don't know if he's he's all that great at it, but um, to me, it makes perfect sense to have him write. If if this is the direction they're going with the character, where he's a prize fighter, I think it's the the perfect marriage of that character um, with with him writing it and uh, the other funny kind of I don't even know what you would call it, but I guess I don't know if it's even a coincidence, but. Tracks a destroyer in the movies right. played by Batista, who who is a wrestler. wrestler who wrestled against WWE. CM Punk. So that's yep. just kind of a funny thing to think about too. Yeah, like I wonder, <clears throat> I wonder if CM, like you said, CM Punk, uh, if he he writes in some veiled references to like Batista or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he had a whole thing about how Ryback, who's a professional wrestler, was like really. Um, uh, just didn't take care of the other wrestlers when he fought against them and just was kind of messy right. and kind of dangerous. Um, I don't know how you could write that into a storyline with Drax, but it would be funny if he, like, you know, they created characters who look a bit like the real, you know, mm-hmm. like some guy who looks like Ryback who has a similar name and is just kind of like a doofus or something. Like, it would just be kind of right. funny to see <laughs> to see him take shots at some of these guys through yeah. through his comic book. Yeah, and, and, you know, so, I mean, yet again, another another comic on the horizon from all new, all different Marvel. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely look into it and give you guys, uh, guys and gals out there in the CBC. Yeah, by the way, not to leave anyone hanging. I mean, we, we said we were going to talk about the all new, all different Marvel. And that, that uh, I guess, magazine did come out. And I, I did flip through it. I thought there was going to be a little bit more to it than just the covers of all the issues. Uh, but that's it really is pretty like much, just the tip. That's, yeah, that's pretty much all it is. So there's, I mean, what we've talked about is most of it. There is another thing that I do want to talk about uh, when it comes to all, all new, all different Marvel, but we'll, I will probably leave that one for next week because uh, it's something that we could probably spend a good, a good amount of time on. But um, if you're interested in well, seeing what Marvel has to offer, just go into any local comic book store and pick it up. It's free. It's free. It's um, free. You yeah. can also find I it. picked it up the You can other find day. it on Amazon too for free. So, uh, on Amazon for free. Um, and that's a perfect segue. Not a broken down one on the side of the road. This one's in pristine condition. Oh, Thank nice. you, Ignacio. Because uh, next week is going to be huge, uh, ladies and gents. We've got uh, somebody who is actually at this moment, this very moment, in uh, Lecture Hall H, Hall H, at San Diego Comic-Con for the Star Wars and Game of Thrones. Hallowed ground. Like, I mean, this is the place to be this week. He's been at San Diego Comic-Con all week. We'll be there throughout the week until it's over. Uh, we're going to have a uh, sit-down talk with him, get some feedback, maybe get some audio from him. Uh, this is uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Tim. And uh, he was actually also at the uh, Conan uh, Conan O'Brien show, San Diego Comic-Con taping. Which had the greatest intro of all time, if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, it was fantastic. We'll talk about that more. Okay. Uh, next week but yeah it's it's great in fact if you guys want to youtube it or whatever feel free but we'll get into all of that next week it's going to be huge kind of a uh first-hand account of san diego comic-con all the biggest news we'll be covering all of that uh everything that comes down the pipeline um you know like Ig said we've got some all new all different marvel stuff uh i'm sure there's going to be plenty of dc stuff 
uh, coming down the pipeline. And well, it's going to be really big next week. Probably have a Denny's 2K15 <laughs> Slam Dastic. Well, we should watch. have DC stuff because there's no Marvel this year, and it's it's supposed to be DC's year. So hopefully, we'll have plenty of news to talk about uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else, man, you wanted to uh, uh, cover before we get off the air this time? No, I mean, you know, well, I guess I can just ask you, did I, I mean, did I, oh. did I how did I do? I mean, did I do better than the last I, week? Uh, you, you brought it, man. You, <laughs> I was a little worried about you last week. I, I seriously was like, oh man, is he not getting enough iron in his diet? Uh, or I what, felt like shit. I mean, I was basically just sleepwalking or sleep sitting, yeah. I guess. Cause I, you I were wasn't dark, walking. You, were you dark walking? Holy shit. Yeah, maybe. Dark walk, dark walker is a combination of dark hawk and sleepwalker. Yeah, that needs to happen. They need to do it. They need to well, make a team up comic. They they did, dude. Oh yeah, I have that comic somewhere. They need to make a new one. No, I don't. You know, I don't think I need sleepwalker. What happened to sleepwalker anyway? He's asleep. Is that character dead? He's just sleeping. <laughs> He's not walking anymore. He's just sleep. Is that so? If I looked up sleepwalker's powers, his top one would be sleep. I think what he has the ability to do is, like, he gets in people's dreams and can, like, travel in their dreams. He's Freddy. He's, like, he's like Freddy Krueger, but not evil. Yeah. This dude looks evil as shit, but he's supposed to be a good guy. I know. He does. He looks creepy as, as um, all fuck, but... I, I have a cover I'm going to send you after we get off the air. It's a Sleepwalker <laughs> 17, where it's Sleepwalker and Darkhawk coming through you know how like when like football teams go through like a, a sheet of paper as they walk yeah they're, they're yes. doing that yes uh, uh, but you're gonna dig this in the corner and spider-man too and we got a little spidey uh sighting so i think that was back when they were just they would seriously throw spidey into everything <laughs> yeah, just, yeah just like kids were like spider-man ah oh, buy it like like you know that still actually happens today yeah, um, that's totally true. That's this is exactly what this is. I'm gonna send it to you because you have to see this. But uh, yeah, so well, next week again, we have a lot of stuff coming out for you guys. Uh, really excited to bring it to you. Uh, but until then, I mean, I guess everyone stay super, right? Yeah, stay super, guys, and we'll catch you next week with a supersized cast. All right, later. Later.